Oh, hey guys. This is Girls Gone Wild podcast, episode 280. We interviewed Diego Centeno, senior advisor of the Dubai CrossFit Championship. Claire and I wanted to sit down and talk about the new sanctioned events in CrossFit and how things are run. We had a lovely time talking to Diego. And I think you guys will find this really interesting too, to kind of see where the future of CrossFit is going and especially with these new sanctioned events. Claire and I will be chit-chatting about life on Thursday if you're listening to this episode as it comes out. I hope you are liking the extra interviews and the extra episodes. Uh, We've just had so many interviews in the past couple months, we really thought it would be best to keep the interviews in addition to the Girls Gone Wad Join Claire episode. So I hope you guys are liking them. If you like what you hear, please rate and review on iTunes. If you could just even just click the five stars on your iTunes app, that lets others find our podcast. And as everyone knows, uh, the podcast world is getting pretty competitive and we have been doing this for a long time. So we really appreciate your support and we love you more than you realize. So thank you again for everything you do for this podcast to keep us going. Um, So we'll give the updates on our lives on Thursday. But for now, I hope you enjoy this interview with Diego Centeno. First time caller, obviously. Awesome. Uh, did, did you see my? Did you see my um, my Skype ID name? It's like Diego underscore Centeno underscore four, and, and I created this account. I haven't used okay. Skype in I tell you how long. Yeah. Uh, I used account, and but just when you move, we have we have Skype here, but it's restricted. You have to use it through the telecom companies here. Uh huh. Um. Because as you can imagine, there's about 8 million expats that live in Dubai and the UAE. So if we all try to call over the Wi-Fi, it would be free and they'd be losing a lot of money. So you have to have the plan through the, te- the telecom companies here. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, this is another. See, so we use a VPN and you have to go through the whole thing. So I says, this yeah. this. This just tells me I have to use Skype mode to call my mother. Essentially, that's that's what it comes down to. Because I don't even call my mom enough. <laughs> Well, when you get off the phone with us, call your mom. Yeah, because you're already logged mom. in. <laughs> we WhatsApp all day. We're ta- we're texting all day. We just don't. I don't call my sister. Calls her every day. I I text her every day. That's fair. So where you, does your family live? Uh, my sister lives in Kuwait. I brought her to Kuwait when I was working there. Uh, and my mom lives in Orlando, Orlando, Florida. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. She's that's been there for ten years. Um, I have a hard time conceptualizing living abroad. It seems really cool, but I'm that I'm like, uh, way too much of a wuss for that. <laughs> what, part, what part is it? What part is the the, the wuss part? Like, what what about living abroad? Are you not? Uh, uh, I think it would be hard for me to be away from my family, but also yeah. I just like you know, I I've I am the other extreme. I've lived in the same town my whole life, so okay. I feel like I would be so far out of my comfort zone that I just would like shut down because like I've never yeah. even lived somewhere else in the United States. Yeah. Do you, do you, you're from Longmont? Uh, yeah. I grew up just outside, just like yeah. 10 minutes away from where I live right now. I went to school in Fort Collins for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, went, I lived in, in Fort Collins from 2003 to 2000, or 2004 to 2010. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, so you're, you're like a, practically a native uh, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Colorado. I lived in, actually I lived in Greeley for about six months, and then I moved to Fort Collins. Yeah, so you're very life. familiar with Northern Colorado. Yeah. I know most people. I just have to tell them, oh, I live in between Denver I, and Fort Collins. 
Yeah, and Boulder, and Boulder. Everyone knows Boulder. No one yep. knows Fort Collins or Longmont mm-hmm. or, or Louisville right. or any places, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's I not know. Boulder. I went to Boulder this, this afternoon and it drove me nuts. Like, it's, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, that's what we tell everyone. Like, nobody likes Boulder if you live. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. But a lot of people like, it's not Boulder. We have Fort right. Collins, which is amazing. We have Denver. We have Colorado Springs. Nobody likes Boulder. So, Diego, you went to school in Colorado for a little bit? Yeah, I started a master's degree at, at uh, Colorado State University, which I did not finish because I did not like school. Uh-huh. But I did my undergraduate in, in Hastings, Nebraska. And then no after graduation, way. Oh, Hastings. Do you know Hastings? Yes. You know my, Hastings? I have family there. <laughs> okay. There you go. See, the circle keeps getting like, smaller. Why did smaller. you? So, okay. How many places have you lived? Uh, well, like, I moved from Venice, from Venezuela to yeah. the U.S. Uh-huh. when I was 15. Um, then I moved to Nebraska for school. Wait, how so old from were Venezuela. you when you moved? 15. From- 15, okay. Uh, when I was, so I did high school and college in Nebraska. Then I moved to Colorado. Then I moved to Florida. <clears throat> and then I moved to Texas. And then I moved to Kuwait. And then I live in Dubai now. Okay. So we, I think we need to like circle yeah, into yeah. the, what was the, yeah. okay, what was the move from, what was the last one? Texas so, to Kuwait. That was, look, so, so I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit further. In 2007, when I started to do CrossFit, I was in Fort Collins, Colorado. From there, my coach at the time, she ended up moving to Austin, Texas. And then she's like, oh, you got to come work at this place. It's called CrossFit Central. So I ended up moving to, to Texas to work at CrossFit Central. When I was working in CrossFit Central, I ended up hooking up with a company called Pure Pharma. Okay. Pure Pharma took me abroad. And then I ended up working in the UK, in London. Okay. Doing events in London. And while in London, I met somebody that was living in Kuwait, and he's like, "We need you in Kuwait." So then I moved to Kuwait. So it's a lot. It's it's a lot of things that happen at the right place at the right time. Was that Does just that make because? Sense? Yeah, totally. And I think I love when life works out like that, where you just kind of like go from one lily pad to the next, where it just kind of strings yeah. together perfectly. When you were working for Pure Pharma, were they like, "You need to go to Kuwait because they needed someone there to market their stuff," or was it a completely different role? No, no. When I was working for Pure Pharma. This is in 2011. Uh-huh. I left Central Pure Pharma. I rolled Pure Pharma out in like in the states, kind of like in Texas and, and you know all the southern states. Yeah. And because of Pure Pharma was based in Copenhagen, I started traveling to Copenhagen, and I was in London more, and I was in, and I hooked up with these guys doing an event called the London Throwdown, uh, the Athlete Games at the time, uh-huh. uh, which was a pretty big event for Europe at the time. And through there, I just kind of met guys that were from the UK heading out to the Middle East to work because the coaching jobs were so good, right? And I'm not a coach, so I said, well, I, I can't do coaching, but I can do business development. So I ended up coming to Kuwait. Um, but it was all, you know, it's been it's been CrossFit nonstop since 2007. So every little loop and connection you can find, I've probably gone through it because there's not a lot of us have been there since the beginning, right? Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And and I've over the years I've listened to you guys' podcast and, and, and like you've you've had like Ryan Moody on there. Oh yeah. You know Ryan Moody from uh, Shane Farmer, Steph Brown Girl from Easy Stupid Easy Paleo. So all these people were kinda either like members or they were also just starting out when I was starting out. So um, it's just funny how how it's played out. It's turned into a small world, hasn't it? Where like the CrossFit yeah. community and all the people that have developed products or brands or online presences have we've kind of know each other without really knowing each other it's really kind of cool though i love seeing how far people have come did you it's literally 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, no, ahead. did you grow up um, playing sports and doing all that? I mean, what were you mm-hmm. like as a kid? In Venezuela, yeah, you grew up baseball and soccer. Those are those are your two yeah, options. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna play baseball, and if if at ten you're not good enough to play baseball, then you play soccer. And then, so I played soccer most of my life until I moved to the states. But at fifteen, moving to the states, I moved from from Venezuela to to a little town in Nebraska called Humphrey, Nebraska, uh, a small German German town, population one thousand. Okay, and no one spoke Spanish. For them, Spanish was like, even the Spanish teacher didn't speak Spanish. Oh my God, yeah. And it was like American football, right? It wasn't soccer. It was like, no, we have American football. Um, and at that point, my, my priority was just to learn English. So I didn't really play anything. I, I just I just did school. Um, and I kind of started enjoying the gym because of how you meet people in the weight room. But I didn't really have like that American... Uh, sports grow, uh, background, mm-hmm. like everybody growing up in sports. And Venezuela is a different culture. Um, so CrossFit for me was kind of like where I started to, I, mean, I, was in, I was in the gym before. I did like work study on campus. So I would have access to the, to the, to the gym full time. I worked at GNC and the whole thing, right? But like I, after I didn't high school? Enjoy, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. During undergrad. That's how I uh-huh. paid for college. I was at a bar and I was working at a GNC and then I worked work study on campus which gave me access to the to the athletic weight room yep. right for mm-hmm. the for the for the athletes so I kind of just had to find my own my own way about it but weightlifting and or bodybuilding whatever you want to call it it was fun but it wasn't as fun as as CrossFit would become when I found it right, right? like I was going through it and I enjoyed it and I thought I was in shape until I started doing CrossFit and I was like wow this is this is really what I need yeah uh, and I I switch. Who uh, introduced you to CrossFit? This is like our favorite thing to ask is like your CrossFit yeah. testimonial. Like, how did you find um, out about it? Yeah. My, my favorite uncle, my favorite, you know, uncle, and my mom's youngest brother. He was opening an affiliate in Southern Florida. Oh, no way. And I was, and he's like, I need you to check this thing out. And and he's been, you know, he's been one of those guys that I always thought looked like a, like a men's health magazine cover model. <laughs> totally. Um, you know what I mean? So when he said something, I was like, yeah, man, of course. And then I tried it and I, com- I don't remember what my workout was like everyone else said this. Um, I think it was the warm up that you killed me. I, I don't think there was much to it. I think, I think, it, I think that happened to Claire too. Yeah. It was, yes. It was, I was sore for days. All we did was Tabata air squats. <laughs> yeah. Like that was my whole first work, work quote unquote workout. <laughs> it was humbling, wasn't it? Yeah. I was like, oh, I've never yeah. actually squatted before in my life. It was so bad for me. And you know what? Because I was doing the bodybuilding thing. I lived in Fort Collins. I worked at a bar. And I was doing brewery tours every weekend. Do you know what I'm So it was just <laughs> so like. So you're this, like, I need to like offset this a little bit. <laughs> I was weight. I was heavy. I mean, I didn't realize because, you know, all that glute. New Belgium, Odell's, Left Hand Brewery. Oh, all these breweries. We, were I mean, you've got some great breweries up there. Yeah. And, and I worked at a bar. So all the workers from the brewery worked, came to the bar. Oh yeah. So you can imagine course. you can imagine the cycle of, of consumption and, 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 and pleasure and yeah, I kinda used uh, I found it and then I got got into it. I started to CrossFit and I lost all this weight and I stopped drinking and I stopped eating wings and all that stuff. <laughs> so it went full circle. I really hope you still eat wings here and there though. <laughs> I mean, do they even have wings in Dubai? <laughs> We have everything. The scariest thing, and this is why the message with CrossFit and, and, and it's so, what Greg is doing is so uh, world changing is because 
of all the things that we might not have, the American restaurants and the American food made it here a very long time ago. Ugh. So we have everything. That makes me everything. so sad. That makes me so sad. Listen, look, I didn't, I want to be admit, and now that I look back in the photos, I see it. I didn't know what Shake Shack was. Okay. Like I lived in Texas. We had Whataburger and we had, yeah. uh, we had our own stuff. Right. And then I come to Kuwait and they're like, oh, there's a Shake Shack thing from New York. And I'm like, I never heard of it. Shake Shack? Like, it's in every movie. Ugh. It's like, like, they're like, it's in every movie. And I'm like, I never heard of it. So I go to Shake Shack and then I realize that Kuwait is the first place people go to when they, when their franchises leave the States. So like, if you want to test it, you come oh, to Kuwait. Really? That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like you test so to see if it, okay. So it's kind of like yeah. a, will it survive outside yeah, of the well, U.S.? You know, because Kuwait Kuwait is known for investing on food and bed. Oh. So like Cheesecake Factory, Starbucks, uh, oh Shake Shack, the family, that, the family that owns them invests a lot of them for the growth of them in the Gulf. So they put them in every Gulf state. So, yeah. So, you know, you, I come to Kuwait and we have Shake Shack and we have Cheesecake Factory and we have everything, everything oh you can imagine God. we have. So... What we don't have is is that we have the food from the States and then you have really hot weather for about seven or eight months of the year, right? So people are not very active. Yeah. It's just hot, right? So you combine those two things and then you have you have a recipe for, for why we need CrossFit. Okay, so fast forward, because we really do want to talk about the Dubai Fitness Comp- uh, Championship and yeah. um, the now the sanctioned event and kind of how that all came to be. Really, how did you get started with CrossFit in Dubai? Like, how did you get into that yeah. realm? Well, I was doing CrossFit in Kuwait. I was doing, you know, I was working for a company there doing business development, opening affiliates. We were, you know, doing seminars from the States. We were in a, had in a small event called the Battle of the East, which was a an event for people in the Gulf. The Gulf is Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and the UAE. Okay. And we were just doing events. I was doing an event there that, that grew pretty pretty successfully. And then that event brought me to Dubai quite a bit. It's only an hour and a half flight between Dubai and, and Kuwait. So I kind of just kind of, the network just grew here. And then when I was ready to leave Kuwait, it kind of just became like the, the next step when, when, when I met with, with Saud and when I met with, with the Sheikh of, of, you know, what they wanted to do with their event. And kind of just just lend it here. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a very small world, and in, in terms of CrossFit, like anywhere else. So once you're in one part of, of the golf or anywhere, you kind of just meet the same people, right? Yeah. And it was just kind of like, well, when you're ready to move from Kuwait to Dubai, just let us know. And then I did. I don't think people realize how old the event is. This is the seventh year of the DFC, right? Yeah. Or this, it used to be called DFC. So it's been going on for a long time. Um, and if you look at that early footage it would rival a lot of the stuff that you were seeing at the CrossFit, of the CrossFit games. You know, it was the same format. Yeah. Um, in fact, Annie was here. Frederick was here. They were coming every year and winning and nobody knew about it. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> we have a really good friend who's a listener as well. And uh, she lives in Dubai and she, um, you know, she does the competition every year. And so she'd post pictures all the time. And so now when we saw it was a sanction event, we're like, Oh my God, that's so great. It's what she posts about all the time. Do you mind sharing who the listener is or no? Yeah. Her name's Jess Gubbins. Oh, Jess Gubbins from the UK. Oh no, no, she's no, from Jess, the US. She's, she's from the US. Yeah. Gubbins from Interfight. Yeah. I know yeah. She is. yeah. 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 From yeah. Interfight. Mm-hmm. She's, so she's, um, 
been listening to the podcast for a long time. And she's one of those people who, you know, we've met her in person once or twice, but you just get to know her over social media. And so, you know, she has been doing, she had done that event in the kind of the early days as well. And so it's been really cool also for us to see the event evolve. And, um, you know, I think like you said, a lot of people don't really realize how long the event has been around and probably this is for the the first time a lot of people are hearing about it or maybe they just started hearing about it last year um you know the year before so what was the impetus to kind of to start it in the first place and then how how has it grown and you know what do you think I guess let's just start with there let's just start with that what do you what was impetus to get it started in the first place and um, what are the biggest ways that you've seen it grow since you started yeah. it six years ago, six, six, seven years ago? So I haven't been, I was only here since 16, like I came in the, um, to roll out the 16, the 2016 event. Um, before that I was watching from Kuwait terrified because, um, this one was growing way faster than we could grow. And it's because they had, uh, the support the, the UAE government is very helpful. Um, it's very supportive of initiatives that support health. Uh, within the local community and, and something that that we are they're very good at here is that there's stuff that is for the for the locals there's stuff that's for the expats and then there's a stuff that you combine for both of them okay and and it's important to these are the distinctions that we have here that are not in the west but it, it's important to to create things for the locals only so they're encouraged and not discouraged for the things that that, that for both expats and locals because then they can't have a chance if that makes sense Right. So if you create initiatives that are for exercise, for, for example, for the DFC, you would have athletes like Annie coming and winning. Right. And, 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 and it wouldn't the locals would be entertained, but then the locals would be like discouraged to to do it. So the initiatives have, you know, what they did in 2012 was they created an event that was for everyone. You can come here for a week and qualify. And then once that was done, the qualifiers moved on to the next week and you stayed and competed at the finals. The issue for that was that, you know, you had to be here for a week ahead. So it really benefited the people that were here in the state, in, in Dubai. Over the years, the event went from being that as a, you know, like a, a health fit, a health and, and, and wellness initiative to encourage people to be physical, to it just kind of, in 2014, I want to say, in 2015, it kind of just, when Noah came, and who else came that year? I think Brooke Enns came. It kind of just flipped. It kind of just started going, I don't want to say uh, more mainstream, but I think more interest started to, to people from the West started to show more interest because yeah. of the price money. Yeah, of right? course. Yeah. And you're kind of seeing all these, uh, I guess, more well-known athletes and they're, we're like, yeah. why are they going over there? So was it something that they solicited and asked those athletes like, hey, will you come to this competition? Because there was kind of like a, how did, how did all of a sudden all these more well-known athletes come over to yeah. that competition? Yeah. Look, at first, and it's like a lot of things, you, you they invited people to come. That was just part of it. And, and that's, you know, when you release a new product, when you release a new event, you kind of want certain people to be there. Because sure. it's kind of like the flagship. So that's that's in every sport. So, yeah, at first they, there was a process to invite people. You know, Annie started coming very early. Fred came very early. And and then Noah came. But, yeah, Saud so knew some of these guys from, from the States, and he started to invite them. And then they would come. And that was required to, to promote the event abroad and to kind of give it – um, I don't know that that sense of security that people want. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like okay, this this, this event must be official. If if Annie's there, or if Lindsay's there, or or 
Noah's there, Kenny Leverage is there, and Ryan, and all these people were coming. Uh, so yeah, there was a, an invite process at that point. But now, when you in 2016, when you introduced the online qualifier and you had to qualify, the biggest thing was the financial reward was always there. Even if you didn't win first or second or third, you were still getting paid. The financially, it, it, it made sense. You're getting paid for first and you're getting paid for last, which is unlike any other event. Yeah, not possible. a bad deal. Exactly. So what, you, what we were able, even though there's this perception that Dubai is extremely expensive, people say, oh, I, I wish I could afford to go to Dubai. Well, if, you, if you're doing our event, you definitely can afford to come. We, we'll give you $1,500 just for qualifying and showing up. Yeah. You qualify, you do the online qualifier, and you do the competition, and you don't win any events. You still win fifteen hundred dollars. So, right? just, just out of curiosity, how is that funded? We have a very generous support from Sheikh Majid. Um, he has been supporting the event for seven years. He's a CrossFitter himself. Okay. He's, he's in. He every sport that you can think of, he does, um, and he took it on his on his, on himself to create this initiative and to create the support for the for the sport in, in the region, uh, particularly for the UAE. Uh, with, without the intention to ever compete with CrossFit. I think people forget that when you were looking at our video, they were like, well, they're trying to compete with CrossFit. And we're like, no, we're not at all. We're just providing a platform for CrossFitters to come. And, and it looks like CrossFit because it was the same equipment. It was the same athletes. It was the same format. But we were just creating a platform for people to come to enjoy Dubai and for the locals here to enjoy, to understand the importance of health and fit and wellness. So kind of just creating a platform and then whatever happens with the platform happens. But it, it's kind of like enlightening, like creating a little flame, right? And then exactly. you just kind of keep feeding it wood and see how it grows. And that's what happened. I think that's so cool that not, not just, not just like literally sponsored, but sponsored and supported and has all of the whole, you know, people from the government and the community, everybody yeah. really behind it, as opposed yeah. to, you know, I feel like a lot of the competitions and CrossFit in general in the States, it's like, you know, not just, but it kind of had to start out underground because everybody was totally freaked out by it. And yeah. is, as opposed to this, where people automatically are like, okay, this is good. We want to encourage people to do this. We want to encourage people to be healthy. Yeah. How can we support that? Yeah. And that's very common here. We, we have the government is, it's a very young government. It's only, the country is only about 48 years old, right? When you think about versus the States. Uh, but the mandates of the rulers are, it, it's, it's a very, it's, it's, it's happy people. It's a good country, right? It's their government initiatives and, and government incentives and all sorts of programs in place to encourage happiness and well-being of the citizens right so even though that sounds like for, for from coming in the from the west where like the government could care less what happens to you right like i mean i would have to fight with the city council to get permits to do events in the states okay mm -hmm. here i can get a permit over an email once i tell the idea to somebody they're like of course do that do you know what i mean and, and it's just it, it's so fundamentally different when people come from the West, when you come here and doing business here, because it's just like, we can literally get a venue. We can get everything that we need within weeks without having to fight anybody to Ugh. like in the States to get support. That's amazing. Which, which, you know, for, for the events like us, it makes, it makes a lot of difference when I can go to an event or to a hotel or, and I'm not, they might not understand what CrossFit is, but you say, Hey, it's a health and fitness and we're doing this and people are coming to this. They're like, okay, what do you need? Wow. That's a whole different, it's a whole different ballpark, right? It's a right? whole different ballpark. 
And yeah. and is it because they see that you know it, just the way the culture is is they're tr- they're just very trusting and like yeah yes we're going to work together or is it just what, in culture just of the, health and fitness like what is it what is that thing No I think it's leadership there's a leadership of the leadership up top trickles down to to the lower parts right so uh-huh. there's this a, a constant push to improve and and not settling and and giving people the look they give you the tools to do the things that you need to do. Okay, so it's not always easy because everything with, you know, sometimes with government, things can take a little bit of time. uh, And that's with every government. But um, the steps are there and the processes are there to get things done. I'm telling you, in the city council in Austin, oh, my God, I'm glad that I never have to work with the city council again in Austin. Because it was a nightmare. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. So when you come here and you're trying to do an event and, you know, we can get support from the sports council, we can get support from the board of tourism, we can get support from the airlines. It just facilitates the process because they all understand the importance of bringing people to Dubai. We just want people to come see Dubai. And, 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 and that's a fundamental difference between us and I think the other 15 events that they might be sanctioned is that we're not necessarily, I mean, CrossFit is a great platform for us to educate people on chronic disease. For, for us, that's really where it stops because we do have this, this diseases here. We have a huge issue with diabetes. We have a huge issue with chronic disease and with, with blood pressure and all this. And it's because of the food, right? And the food comes from the West. And so this, what Greg is saying, is exactly music for our ears. Mm-hmm. We're telling the government, like, listen, we have young people. All they do is eat food and drink Coca-Cola. I mean, is it the um, same in the Middle East? Is it the same? Same problems? Are we all facing the same BS? Exactly the same. Okay. But think, think of this here. I can order a Coca-Cola right now. It's 6.30 a.m. I can have a Coca-Cola. I can have a cold liter of Coca-Cola within 15 minutes for free delivery. Okay? Lovely. If I don't yeah. have one in my house. Dubai so, feels like a different world. Like It just seems like the way that the it operates i mean you just hear these crazy things about you know all the like you were saying before you know anything you can get anything in dubai and as soon as you said that i was like yeah of course duh. like what do you think about when you think of dubai you think about these crazy extravagant over the top like mm-hmm. asking you shall receive culture and you yeah, but that's just the you know the thing is is the, the golf is very generous that's just a, a very the golf traditionally are very generous people okay um but Dubai and, and the Gulf states like Kuwait, uh, Saudi Arabia, um, Dubai, convenience is a big deal, right? So even when you're an expat, that you're used to doing your own things, when you come here, you, you it's just easier to have somebody else clean your car. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to have somebody, like, you know, you're familiar with Deliveroo? You know what Deliveroo is? The, the food delivery system? We probably have something similar. We have, it's not is called that, like that but yeah. But they can do, we can get any food delivered within like 15 minutes of any concept that you can think of. Okay, so convenience is a huge deal. So if you you match convenience with hot weather, it's just like a perfect recipe for inactivity because you really don't like. I'm telling you, in July and August, you do not want to leave your house. It's 50, 55 degrees. What is that? Like 120? Yeah, ridiculous. 120. <laughs> 122. Oh God, that's so, so hot. Yeah. Even in the, even at night, the ground is so warm from all the sun during the day that you don't want to go outside. So then you just want to sit inside and drink your Coca-Cola and eat your noodles, right? I, I would literally never leave the house. That yeah. sounds nope. so intense. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, I mean, I could see it though. Like, and if it's available and it's at the touch of a button and it's just the way that the, the whole city runs, then yeah. you would be crazy not to 
not to use it. But you know what's scary is that when I first came here, things from the West were moving here, and now I'm seeing the things that we have moving West, particularly convenience things like these food and delivery services, um, and, and and it's kind of like what you what do you call it? like on demand uh-huh. ability to get things. It's moving West now because I think they they've fixed the model of, of cost. Uh, so it's making it more accessible to the West. But, you know, if, if you can sit down at home and order your McDonald's directly, people are going to take advantage of it, surprisingly. Because even though it's easier to go through the drive through people are going to be like, well, if I can just have it delivered for a dollar more, yeah. it's not bad. But convenience is a big deal. And, and then when you max convenience with, you know, these kind of foods and then inactivity and, and hot weather, it just it doesn't make it easy for us to to encourage people to move or to go outside. So is it safe to say that of all the places that you've lived and have done CrossFit since 2007, that CrossFit really is changing the game for people and health and building communities? Is it just the same everywhere you've been? Look, what what you have here, and when I first came to Kuwait too, is, is the facilities that we have here for CrossFit are, I mean, it would be like the night, it's like a nicer, equal, nicer than an Equinox in, in Manhattan, okay? People, the facilities here are top notch. From equipment, to bathrooms, to locker rooms, to towels, everything. Like, what are we talking? Because we, when we were at CrossFit Reykjavik, uh, it was, like, really nice. Like, they had really nice locker rooms, and it was, like, the nicest CrossFit gym I've ever and, seen. In the meantime, like, yeah. in the States, the shittier your gym, people are like, yeah, my gym doesn't even have walls. It's so badass. And you're like, uh, <laughs> you're just working yeah. on a hole. And you're, congratulations. But, but you know what's funny about that is, is just, we used to like that, right? I mean, 10 years ago, that was okay. But then I think when you're paying a certain amount of money, you also expect a little bit more. And I think that's what's happened. A lot of affiliates got very comfortable not reinvesting. Um, where here, you can do that. Here, you here people have expectations and, and you can charge $300 a month and not have a shower, things like that, right? So what you see is that the affiliates here are really next level. And then the culture, people, once they attach to something, they're just, they're just on it. And that's what you saw. We have, I think we have 35 CrossFit affiliates in the UAE right now. And people just love it, you know. And and it comes and goes because we have a very trans, tra- transitional population. People move here and then they leave very quickly. Right. It's just, I think it's kind of like Vegas maybe or, or, mm-hmm. or Miami where kind of people have a sting, you know, maybe a year, maybe six months. So it's very difficult for the affiliates to build a consistent member base right um as people just don't live here i mean you can imagine you're here and then six months you're gone and this is just it's very common to have that here so it's very challenging for affiliate owners to build a very long you know in in the u.s you can have a member for five six seven ten years right oh tom's been here for 10 years because tom didn't move but it's very rare to find somebody here that's been here for 10 years i mean you find them but it's it's usually less than two or three years, people yeah. that you find. So the so, community is a little more transient as far as, you know, building that, that core community. But at the same time, you're probably getting to meet a lot of different really great people. Exactly. You meet a lot of different people. Your coaches come from all over the world. Your members come from all over the world. You're speaking English in, on the whiteboard, right? But you also speak in Arabic and you can speak French. You can speak German, you can speak anything, Dutch, you have all, we have 200 cultures and uh, 200 different nationalities in Dubai. So imagine 
the mix of, of cultures doing yeah, that. How do you do that when you, cause we, we were at CrossFit Reykjavik, they were speaking, yeah. you know, they were speaking English and then they'd be like, yeah. you know, speaking their native language and then they'd speak English and then they would kind of switch off yeah. and on teaching the yeah. class. And I'm like, this is so fascinating to me of like, yeah. you know, and everybody just kind of knows what a wall ball is. You don't have to speak the language. <laughs> And that was that was the coolest thing I found when I first moved to is that no matter if it was English or Arabic, like we were all speaking CrossFit and it's kind of cheesy, but the whiteboard, all the acronyms were the same. Right? Oh, I so, get that. I get that. And, and the, the clothing were, was the same and, you know, everybody's ordering everything online. So like you can show up to a gym here. You might as well be in New York. Like you cannot tell the difference. Yeah, it's the, shoes, the, the same. Stuff, it's the, the same. It's yeah. I, uh, I lived in France for a little bit when I was in college and it's just, I grew up Catholic and I remember going to mass in French and I was like, I don't know what they're saying, but I know mass. <laughs> like I know the order of mass. Um, yeah. and so it's kind of the same thing. Like, okay, CrossFit is now my church. And so I understand that like, no matter where you go, you kind of know what to expect and what they're saying. And, uh, I think that's really cool. The consistency. Yeah. Look, and, and think about this. Our coaches are usually all from the West, right? So you have coaches that come from the UK, come from Europe or come from the U S and then you have all the members come from everywhere else too. So you really have to like, because things are just done differently in the UK. Things are done different in the US. So it's a really quick learning curve for you to adjust to how to talk to people from all these different countries that take things differently, right? Sure. Like tones, tones or attitudes or sarcasm. This all goes into play when you're talking to people. And it's just, mm-hmm. you have to learn that, you know, something that you can say to a member in the US, you can't say to a member in Germany. They might not take it the same. Like what? Like what are the differences you see? Like something that sticks out? You know, it can be like, you know, in the U.S., you can, the sarcasm, the way you treat people, we're kind of very friendly. First of all, we're too friendly, I think, uh, is what people will say. They know the Americans are the ones that are over-friendly, over-talkative, <laughs> where, you know, something like when you were not really doing that good, and I said, yeah, really nice job there, not running fast. Somebody from another country might not take that that well. But in the U.S., you're like, yeah, I know, I kind of, I need to step on it. So that. There's a loss of translation there that you don't get in other, that you just have to learn here to, to how do you communicate with. Sometimes you can have 10 different nationalities in a class. So you guys have like super coaches because that would be, yeah. I mean, I have a hard time coaching a class of people just from my hometown. And- <laughs> right, like, like 10, 28-year-olds from Western Denver. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how do I talk to all of you guys? <laughs> like, you're actually all basically the same person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the, 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 coaching staff, the coaching staff learns very quickly. Not all make it. Uh, and people come and go a lot. But I think, you know, you. I think people come to see if they really want to be a coach for a living. I think that's a great platform that we have here. You can make a decent living. You can make good salary. You can PT and you can train. And but it's not for everyone, you know, and I think people come and coach for a while and save some money and then go back to do whatever job they were doing before or they want to start. A lot of emphasis is given into competition. And this is why the event's done well, too, because a lot of the coaches here are coaching so they can train full time. Right. You coach one or two or three classes a day and then you just train yourself all day. Right. So. The economics allow for that to happen where you can coach here and you can you can be in Thailand for one or two weeks and then you can go in a competition in Finland and you can go to a competition in Russia because of the type of, of schedule and the wages that you can earn. Are you competing, Diego? No, I, I am. This is why I do this because I'm very bad at CrossFit. 
So, and I learned, I learned that very, very early. And Fight Gone Bad, you know, remember, you know, Fight Gone Bad. Oh, of and course. For booze. I can do those. I do those very, very regularly every, every year. But no, I, I don't like the competition side of it. I don't know why. Even the CrossFit Games, when I was in Madison with Greg and those guys, I maybe watched an hour, literally, of, of competition. I, I, it doesn't interest me. I don't know why. Really? What are you, like, what's your role kind of day-to-day with the competition? And um, how has it, how have you had to change or what has changed in the last, you know, three months um, to become, to go from the competition as it was and transform into being, becoming the first sanctioned CrossFit event? So my, look, it's a very small business. There's three of us, okay? This is, there's an event director, there's a project manager, and there's myself. Okay, so we're very small, very lean, and we have coaching stuff from around the area that helps us every year, kind of as we start different phases of the event, whether it's the online qualifier, whether it's the athlete communication, that kind of thing, right? So day-to-day, my, my role is business development, essentially is aligning our brand with other brands, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's equipment companies, whether it's apparel companies, whether it's all the suppliers, right? For us, in terms of what's changed since the sanctioning, it's not a lot in terms of we've always had really good athletes competing. We've always had access to a lot of people. What's changed now is I think we're taking a little more seriously. And, 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 and that's just, I think, the way that because people can now compare us to something before they didn't know what we were. They're like, what are you guys? And we're like, we're in competition. But are you CrossFit? And we're like, no, we're not part of CrossFit. We're our own event. And now that you can use the name CrossFit, people are like, well, okay, there are CrossFit competitions. So it's kind of like a relief for people, like a uh, an approval that they needed to make sure that it, we were okay for them, if that makes sense. Day to day, literally, we go from meeting to meeting, whether it's venues, whether it's service providers, whether it's media company, and just kind of putting all the pieces together. We will. The event was going to happen whether we were sanctioned or not. We already had all the places and the pieces in place, and we were going to do a really big event before we met with CrossFit, and that was just kind of like the the evolution of the event. We were investing more on the, the live stream. We're investing more on the advert on the marketing. We're investing more on all the platforms. So it was just naturally growing. If that makes sense, is that is yeah yeah. So, but I'm not saying that like you know. Sometimes I open the email and I'm also answering info at emails. Right. So my role is, yeah, on paper is business development, but we kind of all do everything that needs to be done. Right. When you only have three people. Three people, yeah. Wear all the hats. So there's a reason for that, right? It's easier to get when you have three people. It's easy to send a message or call one person or two people rather than trying to find out, you know, when you have a big team of 10 people trying to organize an event. Right. And it takes you a week just to get connected to the right person if you're trying to call for a question. Have you guys had, I mean, I'm assuming that you have, but a way, a bigger turnout this year for the online qualifier or how is that compared to past years? Look, I think teams was huge for us because we've always played with the idea of having teams. Um, so teams was good for us and we did have a more turnout, but you know, the thing is that as people found out about Dubai being a sanctioned event, it also creates, there was a lot of uncertainty of what was going to happen when we were announced. Right. So people kind of froze. So I think we ended up getting maybe like 20, 25% more than last year, which was good for us. But we're not a huge event either. We're not, you know, your 10,000 online qualifier people. We, we sure. you know, if we, if we get to the, the thousands, we're really happy. And, and that's, that goes back to the discussion we had earlier about perception of cost. 
that people think, oh, it'd be so expensive to come here. And it's like, look, it's a $25 online qualifier, okay? If you qualify to finals, it's $100. There's no other event like that in the world. I'm telling you right now, everybody, I think there's events that charge, I think, $800 per team to do the finals. Okay? Right, like you have to pay to we go to regionals, or you used to have to pay to go to regionals. Right. Like, I don't right. think a lot of people know that. You did not. And, and the economics are very complex. And people, you know, when, when you look at event production, when you look at venues, or when you look at live streams, it's very expensive process. I can tell you your venue alone, you're looking at, you can easily look at a quarter million dollars before you even open the doors, right? And, and, and people don't realize that you pay before you have the event and you pay to, well, the event's over. You have to pay. Right, if, with music. if one person shows up for the event, it costs about the same. Exactly, exactly. Everything, you, because the venue is gonna charge you a flat fee for half days for, for build up and break down and they're gonna charge you a full day for the usage of the, the venue. So, you know, we don't really commercialize, we don't believe in, in charging the athlete or the spectators to make money on the event. I don't think it's fair to pass the operational costs from your event to the spectators or to the athletes. I think the burden falls on us as organizers to find the partners to improve the event and not the other way around. If that if that if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. We you know, we we pride ourselves and we know we, we take the bare minimum. We take like I said, twenty five dollars to participate, we take a hundred dollars to come to finals, and then when you're here, we take really good care of you. And I mean that in a in a you can see how many people return year after year, um, from our athletes. You because they come and they enjoy the city and they enjoy the event. We you know, I don't think people are we're not pushing them to the limits of finding the fittest on earth either. You know, we, we do really hard workouts. We have really cool venues. We have really cool programming, but we also give you time to enjoy the city. So when you go to Madison right now, you actually just go to Madison to compete, right? You're working or, or you're, you're at regionals. You're at regionals only. If you're lucky, you get to see Madrid for half a day, mm-hmm. but you went to compete. So we're trying to be that gap of like entertainment, but also fitness. If that's a, if, if there's such a thing there that we can, for the family and for the athlete themselves. Yeah, especially because most of the people are probably traveling from a really far place. So they're wanting to kind of do somewhat of a vacation at the same time. And we want to be for the whole family. You know, sometimes with regionals, it's just like, okay, if you like CrossFit, you went inside of the, of the venue all weekend. But right. what is your loved ones? Uh, I mean, and, and that's just, you know, if we, we have a place like in Dubai where the entire family can come. And if you want to watch, you can watch. If not, you can go to the water park. You can go to the beach. You can go to Legoland. You can go to restaurants. You can go to the tallest building in the world. We have everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it's it's kind of... I'm not saying other cities don't have it. It's just not the angle that they take, right? Um, I mean, Miami is a beautiful city. Uh, Orlando, all these places are great. But I think sometimes you're too focused on what's going on inside the, the working out area and now what's going on outside the working out area. Yeah, and you don't like when <laughs> It's funny that you're like, <laughs> I don't like doing watching competitions. Like it. I but I get it. I like this, I, I'm the same way. When we go to the CrossFit Games, I want to hang out with people. I want to walk around and I want to talk. Yeah. I want to connect. I want to <laughs> shop. I want to meet all the vendors. I think the vendor village yeah. is like my favorite place to just tool around and look at you know all yeah. the great products that are coming out so i get that i really do and then i'll yeah. like you know look at the tv every once in a while to see what's going on yeah uh, well, and, you ask, 
You know, people will be like, oh, who do you think is going to win the, the workout? And I'll be like, I don't know. I didn't watch the heat before, and I don't know if I'm going to watch the next heat. <laughs> but I'm really interested on how the signage looks like on the live stream. I'm, I'm really interested in like, how many people are watching. Yeah. Oh, what's happening with our product once it's being archived. Because that's a sad part, too, is that you make this live stream for four days, and then the crazy people watch it afterwards, and then it's never watched again. So I'm kind of really interested in what happens to that video when it's done. What, what do you do with it? How can you put it in more, more eyes on it? I love the business of it, which I think is not for everyone. It's like people will be like, well, it's too commercial. It's like, well, it's a very commercial enterprise to have a high-end product, right? Like you need funding. And it just comes down to that. To improve it, you need funding from somewhere. And wouldn't you think that this is where CrossFit is going with these events? I mean, they have to expand and they have to evolve. So I think this is a smart way to think about it. Look, I love the private sector idea because I think the private sector is going to determine, like the CrossFit affiliate model, who makes it, right? Those affiliates have been open for 15, 12 years, right? That's a testament to those affiliates. And I think it's going to happen the same way with the events. I think the events are going to be the private sector will take him and everyone will do what's best for them to improve the event and to draw more people to their event. I think, I don't think it's going to be overnight. You know, we, this is our seventh year. The French throwdown has been for a long time. Granite Games has been around for a long time. Wadapalooza has been around for a long time. But I think the new ones are going to have the opportunity to watch everyone else and decide what works for them. Right. And have you seen the list, right, of countries? Uh, I don't think I have. There's 16 events or I don't know if there's 16. I don't know how many there are released already. Okay. I, I found it on watch on Morning Chalk the other day. It's an awesome schedule. They're all over the world. So as a traveler myself, I'm thinking like, this is amazing. Look at all these places at Italy, Netherlands, Paris, Madison, yeah. uh, uh, London, South Africa. I, I think this is cool. I think this is really cool. I don't think Greg, I don't think CrossFit should have kept funding the hobby, if that makes sense. I think, I think there's a point where they, I think, already funded enough for us to have a good time. I think now the private sector should take it on yeah. and develop it. From the very basic standpoint of like CrossFit calls you guys up and says, what, we want to make this a sanctioned event? How does that happen? We know Noor Green. Uh, Noor has been our contact manager for our, our point of contact for the last six months. They came out to for us to show them around Dubai. We went in Dubai Sports Council, we went to Dubai Police, uh, and kind of talk about CrossFit as a, as without the sport, if that makes sense. So we were talking about CrossFit and how CrossFit can be in schools, how CrossFit can be in the police department, how CrossFit can be in government entities, right? So for getting, putting the CrossFit sport aside, that's been our focus. It's just like, okay, how do we get this into the schools? How do we get this into more people's hands? And the CrossFit sport part is kind of like the I don't want to say the size show, but it's kind of like the, you can't have both, but we're, we're, we're both, in, we're interested in both the health and the sport. So we, we, you know, we, we discussed with Noor and Noor is like, will you be open to this idea? What are you guys going to do? We showed him everything what we were going to do. And we said, this is going to happen on our own anyway. And that's kind of when the conversation is developed. And, you know, we got to talk to Noor more and then we, you know, we talked to the council, we talked to the CEO, and then he's kind of developed. I think when we realized that we were both going in the same direction. Yeah. So then yeah. the next event uh, is when? Sorry, I haven't looked that up yet. Yeah. So we're scheduled for December 12th through the 15th. Okay. So this will okay. be like go time for the athletes. This is the 114 people will be in Dubai oh for the God. event. For the well, the we are definitely 
we're we're putting it on our calendars for for 2019. 2019. What year is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, just hearing you talk about this is like I love it because I think it's so different than how it's definitely different than what I was expecting in terms of like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, this is what our, this competition means. Like there's so much more behind it. I think when a lot of people, you know, and we haven't talked to the Granite Games folks or Wadapalooza or whatever, but yeah. I think this is what sets apart people who are successful in the CrossFit space are the people who say, you know what? Yeah. You know, CrossFit, the name CrossFit, the word CrossFit, whatever is great and it's helpful. And we, you know, we are happy and honored to be a part of it, but really it's about the community. It's about health. It's about that long-term yeah. bigger picture. And yeah. this is just a tool to get there. Yeah. And let me tell you, for us, because we're in CrossFit business, it's a huge deal, right? We were sanctioning and now we're working directly with, with Greg and we're working directly with the CrossFit Games. Our, our posts are being shared on their platforms. This is, sure. this is great from a branding perspective. Now, you, you also have to step back a little bit sometimes and think, look, in a, in a city like Dubai, when we have all these people in town, it's great if you're a CrossFitter. But if you're not a CrossFitter, nobody knows, right? And, and there's so many things going on in Dubai every day. Like right now, there, there's going to be, there's about four and a half events a day all year round, whether it's an expo, whether it's a conference, whether it's a show or anything. So it's also taking back and saying like, how big is this really in terms of at a global scale? It's massive, CrossFit. But you also have to say, well, if this is health and fitness, it can be bigger than your sport because sport is very small. It's like 1% of the people, right? So if you take the half a million people that did the online qualifier last year, the open, what was it? Half a million. We, our online registration bought in, I think 800 athletes. It, there's just so much going on. So if we can, you know, if, if it's, it's a challenge for us to, to bring everyone to the venue and keep them there the whole day, because there's just so many things going on that are outside of CrossFit. So you have to keep in perspective that, you know, it, it has to have a bigger goal than yes, people working out and watching people work out is that is that um it has to have a bigger message to touch more people because you will always get those crazy ones that are okay sitting in the veneer all day watching people work out mm -hmm. but how do we touch more people it has to be it has to be different and i think um with with in a city like dubai we can really do a lot of things to improve that to get people to the venue to keep them on the venue but also to get more people interested I already know all the crazies about CrossFit are coming, but I need to people don't know about CrossFit to be interested in CrossFit. Not so they can come watch, but so they can be exposed to what's going on. I always joke like at the CrossFit Games, I have I always have this moment where I'm like, I am just here to watch people exercise. Like why? And then it's like because exactly. it's not about that. I mean, it's fun, but but do you think if you went to Gold's Gym and you just like stood outside on the street side and then you put your hands on the windows <laughs> looking in. Would that be okay? That'd be uh, really weird. That would be, be weird. Incredibly weird. <laughs> Let alone they, pay like hundreds upon hundreds of dollars to do that. I think, look, I think it's great that what it's done. I mean, it's, it's funny because I'm almost like so deep in that it's nice to also step back and be like, okay, why are we doing it? And I, why did I first start doing CrossFit? Right. And, and, and it's just kind of, it changed my life. I mean, I was in a bad path of a lot of food, a lot of drinking, a lot of, you know, and I was young, I was overweight, and it changed. Look, I would say I've traveled just as much as any of the biggest names competing CrossFit, and I'm not good at CrossFit at all. Like, I'm not even the best guy in class. And I've made a really good living traveling all over the world because I believed in it, right? 
great player this and, and it's for everyone and i just kind of found my niche and what was for me but competition wasn't for me for me it was to expose more people to it so i think you have to bring perspective and say look what is going to happen next is i think is what what what's going to be i think right now it's just messy because nobody knows so what is it going to look like we're used to a a certain way of doing things but i think it's going to be a really cool opportunity to expose more people to the to the events but i don't know you know i was hoping for a longer calendar season like i was i was hoping for for all year mm-hmm. uh it looks like it's a lot of spring and summer and then it gets quiet again i'm sure there's a lot of things at work that i'm not aware of but um, i looked at the calendar and everything stops kind of like in the in, in august and i thought okay i thought we were going to go a little longer all year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure there's more things coming out that I'm not aware of. I think that's a good point about the events too, is that, you know, competing online and doing the open or doing the regional events and all that is um, kind of limiting people to the certain number of events versus doing all these really great events worldwide yeah. is exposing the sport to a greater number of people and different cultures. And I think that that's really important if we're if greg wants to continue this path of you know making crossfit continue to grow but yeah i never really thought about it that way but that's a really good point because i think that you know people traveling to these great events and you're going to bring the crossfitters but your goal is to get the people who otherwise wouldn't be coming to these events to be like what the heck is this yeah exactly and look i I think and i talked to greg about this something that is really important to me as an expat living abroad is that I want to see the people from this, from each country represent themselves at these events. Okay. Right now, if you look at the CrossFit Games, a lot of the, like, for example, the UAE was, there was athletes from the UAE at the CrossFit Games, right? But they're not UAE nationals. And I think it's very important for the sport to grow at a local level to have people from that country participate, representing them. And, and this, this is not only for commercial purposes, but, you know, if you look at FIFA, if you look at Olympics, it's important that people from each country have their team playing at the World Cup. It doesn't matter if they win or not. I think that's, that's not relevant. But I think, you know, I don't think Panama or Saudi Arabia won a single game at the, cross, at the, at the, at the World Cup this year. But it didn't matter. They were there. And I think that's the only way that football can grow in those countries mm-hmm. is if you have people from those countries participating. And right now it's not, you know, right now the fittest from, from South Korea might not be a Korean person. It could be an American station in Korea. I think for this to really be global as it is, it has to be more representative of the people doing it. Yeah. Greg definitely made that clear when we talked to him recently. He was like, you know, this, I was looking out at the parade of athletes when they did that event. And it was like a 4th of July parade. And yeah. he's like, the the representation was just not meeting the mark. I think that will take time. I think it was important for, yeah. you know, it, it's important for a lot of the brands sometimes for things to be very uh, American, for them to do well abroad. You know, it's usually what you need, something from the States always does really well abroad. But I think there also comes a point where you have to transition to let those people have a part in it. Because otherwise it is boring. Then why would I keep watching, like, why would I keep going to companies and saying, hey, uh, we're having this awesome event in Dubai and, and there's going to be 114 people from all over the world coming. And they're going to, you know, the first thing they ask is like how many locals are competing. It, but this is things that you don't, we yeah. don't think about when we're not outside of the United States, right? Because everybody in the United States can be considered, um, like you say, you're American. But when you have countries where a lot of the populations are expats, which is very common outside of the States, you know, where people 
living there are not from there or people living there are the minority of people that, for example, like Kuwait and Dubai and the UAE, the locals are the minorities, right? We'll, all, the ex, all the working force is from somewhere else. So these are things that we don't take into consideration when we live in the state. So it's very hard to, to understand why it's important to have representation from your own country when you're abroad. Right, right? but that makes sense because those companies are probably thinking like, hey, I'm already talking to Americans and Europeans. I need to talk exactly. to the locals. Yeah. You talk to locals. Exactly. And people are going to say, well, all these people come and they're here for a week and then what? What, what is my sponsorship good for? And I'm like, valid point. They're more interested in if I say, hey, we're working with 35 CrossFit affiliates in the UAE. We're working with these many locals in the UAE. They're going to be like, oh, okay, of course, this is our market. So CrossFit Games traditionally has been a very, very American brand from the equipment, from the apparel, from the everything. Mm-hmm. So at some point, don't relate to it anymore. Why can't I have my, I don't know, equipment coming made in my country? Why aren't you using that equipment, for example? So it gets very tricky the more the, the more global I get, if that makes if that makes sense. You only see w- what's right in front of you, but when you step back, you have to think of like, okay, if you really want this sport to continue to grow, if you want more people to have access to it, and if you want to make make money coaching or training for a living, you need to let more people in it. Yeah, and we talk about that a lot. My background is actually in like corporate brand partnerships, and that's okay. always been the the first thing I go to when I think about you know the games even the CrossFit games, you know, being held abroad is like, well, what's going to happen to all their corporate partners? Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it would be a completely different model from what it has been, but now it's at the point where CrossFit competitions, first of all, if you privatize it, that's one thing. And then second of all, you know, you, they can stand on their own two feet at this point and they don't need as, you know, as much support from those huge, not huge corporations, but from those huge sponsors, like huge, you know, ticket, sponsors so it'll be really interesting to see okay you know like we had you know they had southern california that market everybody you know you got in an uber everybody knew crossfit now you go to madison you get in the uber and people are like oh yeah that crossfit thing i heard about that and it's starting to grow there and you know i think that that was as much of a marketing move to bring more crossfit in the midwest as anything and it'll be interesting now to see okay if the goal really is globalization what does that mean I do think, you know, we're going to see a lot of people and we've joked about this, like, you know, opening Americans going to open the first affiliate in the Galapagos or something just so they can qualify for the games. But that'll die down after the first couple of years. But but you know what's funny about that? I don't think Americans realize, because I was one of them, how not easy it is to open a business in another country. Okay. (laughs) And, And the fact is that most countries... You can't just go there and move there. You need to have a visa. And you know how hard it is to get a visa abroad? If you go move to, say, Galapagos, or you want to move to, I don't know, Trinidad and Tobago and open the first affiliate, I want to say to you, do it. Because <laughs> it's going to be... If you think it's difficult to open a gym in, in, in the U.S. with with the fire department and right. the city council and with your homeowners association and whatnot... Try opening a business abroad because it's gonna be it's gonna be very fun for you. It's gonna be easier and it for you to money. get better at CrossFit. Exactly, or or do you know? And also, there are CrossFit gyms in what? How many countries now? A hundred plus, uh, two hundred, nearly two hundred. So there's not that many okay. places left. Right. Yeah, you're going to Antarctica to open an affiliate. You know, one of uh, one of the funniest things is is that we're going from Dubai, which is called like the city of gold. Our winners from here, from the CrossFit, from our event, go to the CrossFit Games, right? 
So we, when we explain to our partners and they're like, okay, so the winners of Dubai go to the U.S. and they're like, oh, okay, where? Madison. Okay, where's that? Wisconsin, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you're going from polar opposites. Like you're totally. literally going, you know, even Chicago would be more comparable to, to Dubai than, than Madison. But it's great. You know, like I was in the taxi driver. I was in the taxi in, in Madison. He's like, hey, do you have any money from the from Dubai? And I'm like, yeah. He, he was like, I'm collecting all the currencies from all the people here for the CrossFit Games. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Oh, that, that's cool. I said, that, that's a, like, he gets it, right? He, he wasn't like, oh, look at all these people mm-hmm. coming from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Foreigners. He was like, I want to collect something from everybody that comes through my cab. And I thought it was super cool. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, take all the money. I think it's cool that, that Greg opened it up. I, th- I know there's a lot of people that are confused and there's a lot of feelings. I think the passion is there. I think people are very passionate about this, which is why I love it. But I think they're going to be very happy when it's all said and done. Maybe they return to their normal lives. Maybe they, they've been missing out on family time. Maybe they're missing out on other hobbies that they liked because they were very focused on regionals. So I think it will also show who's really keen on competing, like how important is it to you. Now you have more options to compete, more places to go. And it's up to you to make the best of it, I think. Well, we shall see. I think everyone's kind of waiting to see how everything unfolds. It's really exciting. And I think the changes are really cool because, I mean, that's how it's going to grow. So, How's it been in Colorado for the perception? Colorado hasn't had an event. I mean, I'm surprised Colorado didn't have an event yet. They used to do the regionals there, right. the Southwest regionals. It used to be front range CrossFit, I think, that used to do all the big events. And yeah, we have, we just, we don't have it to the, we don't have it to the scale that you, you, you know, the, all those other really big events. I mean, they have events that are pretty well known that have grown mildly, but I would not say to the level of like Waterpalooza or the Dubai. I also think that the Denver area, Colorado Springs definitely does, but the Denver metro area there aren't that many venues that are sort of like mid level. Like you're either at the, at the national Western complex, like where the rodeo is held or you're in like a professional sports venue. There aren't a lot of in between places and there's some stuff in Colorado Springs, but you would be hard pressed to find the right type of venue. And I think, and also people are afraid to compete at altitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I really do. I think that that holds people back. But it's been interesting. You know, I think the thing about Colorado too is like people here are so fit. They want to be outdoors too. I think oh, Coloradans yeah. are are we have all this nature. Why you want right. to be inside of a gym? Like why you want to be inside four yeah. walls? Right. More people do CrossFit in Colorado, and I'm sure this is true everywhere. But I think particularly in in Colorado, people do CrossFit to stay healthy for the sports exactly. they really want to do. Like running and skiing and biking and i think for that reason you know the front range has a concentration of seminar staff and that type of thing you know a lot of them are out there you know with their families and being biking fishing doing colorado exactly it's funny sometimes when you're very close to hq how little there is about events and you know like the, this, the, the, the level one and the level two training staff sometimes when you when you know them, then you're like, they're actually not really talking about the CrossFit games ever. They're not really talking about competition ever. They're talking about people moving better. They're talking about getting more people to do CrossFit. But it's, it's almost like a different type of nerd. It's almost like they're geeking out on different stuff other than who exactly. is the fittest. Completely. Yeah. It's not like, hey, what, what's your fan time? It's like, exactly. hey, what's your cholesterol? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, so funny. Well, Diego, thank you so much for taking the time. This the, I'm saying this morning because it's morning for yeah. you. What do you have going on the rest of the day? I heard you moving around. I was like, what is he up to? What are you doing today? Today we got Dubai tourism. Today we're going to go discuss the potential that our press conference for the okay. announcement of the finalist, which is going to be enough, right? So we're going to go to Dubai tourism to discuss potentially bringing three or four of the main global assets to Dubai to be part of the press conference. So Dubai has a, right now, something called Dubai Finish Challenge, which is opening on the 26th. And it's a 30-day initiative to encourage 30 minutes of workout for 30 days. So there's an app, there's, you know, every government agency is involved with it. So they're just going to, for the next four weeks, they will have workouts or kind of like venues set up all over the city. There's going to have all types of classes, whether it's yoga, and they work with the affiliates and with all the health facilities to bring their staff on site to to run the public through these classes. Yeah. If that makes sense. So this is when I say, I mean, CrossFit is big here, but we have a lot of efforts and initiatives going on at the same time that are health related. You know, we have government games, which is for the government sector only staff. This uh, We have cycling. So there's just, it's almost like... You know, because in the states, I don't think the I don't think the government does very much for us. You kind of forget that there's a lot of other mm-hmm. things that can be done, but the private sector has to do them, right? Where here we have the support of the government sector, and then the private sector can attach right. themselves to it. So it's kind of uh, you know, so because people see that well, if the government's supporting this, it's a mm-hmm. good business to be mm-hmm. in. Where in the states, it's the other way around. Like you're trying to do it, and then the government doesn't let you. And you're like, well, forget this. I'm not going to invest in this if right. nobody's going to help me. Where here you have this. I want to. I don't know if it's cheesy, but like, kind of like harmony of like, okay, government is encouraging cycling. Okay, I'm gonna get into the cycling business, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do an event, and and then I go to the to the government. And I say, hey, I want to do a 10k across all the Emirates. They're gonna be like, of course you can do it. What do you need from us? You're like, oh, okay. So that kind of mentality is just it's just so different. Claire and I will have to uh, plan a trip <laughs> to come out to the the sanction event one year. So first thing, get okay. your passports ready. Okay. I'm yep. you have them. Yep. Get those ready. I think oh, Justin is coming out. You spoke Justin with Justin from the morning chalk up. Yep. And oh, then Armin. I love Armin. Yep. He's got another favorite, another GGW favorite. Another OG, <laughs> another old school people that used to be outside. So yeah, they're coming. And I don't know, a lot of podcasts have mentioned and they wanted to come and say, look, we're inviting everyone. Um, we have really cool, we're, we have a discount code from Emirates Airlines. We have discount code from Jumeirah Creek, Creekside Hotel, which is our hotel partner. So we're extending those discounts to our audience and to our spectators and athletes. So if y'all can come, oh, that would be amazing, and I'd love to meet you in person. It's just like all of it sounds really great. So Claire and I will have to put that on our bucket list for 2019, and uh, maybe we can do some live podcasts from the event. Look, the cool thing about our event next year, and now that I'm biased, that we're the only one in December all by ourselves in December. So everything's going to finish in August. So we can kind of watch to see what everyone is doing and what's going to happen and how 20 plays out and we can kind of come up with something really cool and creative yeah. for us to do too and then uh just think about it that way yeah so yeah, we love to have you. you it's like the the competition season after party the whole concept. exactly awesome exactly so it can either be very fun or really lonely I don't know which <laughs> it's gonna be, right? really late or really early to the party <laughs> 
Well, maybe maybe a mix. We have faith. I'm sure it'll be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And I hope this is helpful. Yeah, it's been great. Can you tell the listeners where they can find information about the sanction event? Yeah, it's uh, DubaiCrossFitChampionship.com. Uh, we have our Instagram and our Facebook, but Instagram is, is uh, DXB Fitness Champ, which we're working on changing it to the official one. Um, but it's the website and the Instagram will have all the up-to-date information. We're, we're a bit... I don't want to say slow. We just kind of don't share too much at the beginning because we don't want to change it later and create, you know, because people are traveling from all over the world. So we're kind of holding off on the ticket information and on the venue information until it's completely, completely final. And then we'll make that available via our social media channels. Perfect, Diego. We'll have a great rest of your day. And thanks so much for getting up early. Um, I'm pretty impressed that we pulled this off with us being late at night. And you're like just (laughs) chipper starting your day. So we really appreciate the time. I'm going to do it to y'all. Awesome. Okay, we'll flip flop. (laughs) It'll be like three in the morning. In the winter. In In the winter. winter. In the winter. Great. I mean, you know, it's about as dark as it's going to get right now because we're about to hit daylight saving. Yeah, we're all just miserable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Before you go, sorry, before you go, they're already selling, Starbucks is already selling the, they're already selling the The, pumpkin spice lattes. The the holiday cups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they keep keep offering it to me and and I, I keep, because I know them from the same Starbucks all the time and I'm always like, I'm like, but when is it going to start snowing? And they just don't, they're just like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it's fall. How do you know it's fall? So you can start selling the pumpkin lattes. And they just give you an answer like, oh, no, no, corporate office tells oh us it's time to God. sell it. And I'm like, it's, oh, okay. it's not the weather. It's the <laughs> oh, corporate office the, dictating us. The exactly. least festive answer you can possibly give. <laughs> Talk to Thanks, you soon. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.